0: we if you haven't noticed this notice the church is growing both by um, um, natural processes and spiritual processes Um, pray for each other pray for this church pray that god would lead us and protect us this is a spiritual body and listen, we've, we've experienced many years of peace in the church. Can, could I say decades of peace in the church? Very few um, schisms or people who had something against somebody else in the church and didn't want to talk to them. I mean, almost none. Why is this so? Are we just better than other churches? And we have emphasized it, right? No doubt, we've emphasized peace. We want peace, and I don't think we've we've um, achieved that because we sacrificed the truth, or because we sacrificed hard things. But I think God has heard our cries. Those of you who've joined our Wednesday night prayer meeting through Zoom. You know, and let me tell you, we pray and thank God for the peace in this church every single week. And I hope you're doing that in your own prayer life. Do you experience what I experience as I wake up and get dressed and come to church? That I'm not going to do battle with anyone at church. I'm going to be encouraged and loved. Do you experience that? Isn't it free? Don't you feel free? If you don't, let's talk about it. But this is something that I've not experienced in other churches. But since we've been here, you know, I'm getting old. 23 years, I think, Jennifer and I have been here now in our family. I felt free to worship God in spirit and in truth. I, I don't agree with everything Edward preaches, nor did I agree with everything that Brother Hal preached. But I didn't come to church expecting to do battle with those who were preaching in the pulpit. That is a, that is a sickening feeling, which I hated when I experienced it. Have you experienced it before? While the preacher's preaching, you're going, that is not true. Be thankful. God has blessed us with lots of blessings. Peace in the church for many, many years. Protect it. Guard it. It it is a lovely thing. Well, listen, in the context of church growth, we have lots that have small babies and more on the way. And God willing, more on the way. And I heard this preaching a lot when before I had children and I was glad to hear it even though it didn't apply to me specifically at the time and I locked it away in my mind and Jennifer and I have been blessed many times from seeing the way you parents who are older than we are slightly older but your kids were around before our kids and we watched and we observed and we saw the things that God teaches They work. They raise respectful children. Their kids are not crazy. (laughs) They honor their father. They look at you when you talk to them. And so let me remind you all about that this morning. The Bible says that a child should honor his father and mother. Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that Jehovah your God is giving you. Strong warnings are given to the child that does not obey his parents. Quote, Cursed be anyone who dishonors his father or his mother and all the people shall say amen. Amen. We agree. Cursed be that child. is that strong very strong isn't it and the Bible says in the New Testament that children should obey their parents and everything children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right honor your father and mother this is the first commandment with the promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the Colossians chapter 3, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Now, those of you who are children in this church, which is every single one of you, you if you're not living with your parents anymore, this is not as readily um, urgent, or if your parents have passed on, but you know what it feels like to be a child and have been a child. The Bible says that children should honor their father and mother. They should obey their parents in everything. Cursed be the children who don't obey their parents. And so listen to me. There are things in the scriptures and there are cultural things in our lives which change over time and it's, it's just normal, right? For example, women can wear a dress Slightly, or let's just say, at the knee. And that is conservative, right? It's conservative. It looks nice. But a hundred years ago, that was not the case. If you wore that type of dress, people would have a certain opinion about you. Which was not a biblical opinion, by the way. It was a cultural opinion. Things like that change over time. Things that say, she's showing her wrists. (laughs) What a floozy. We don't think that now, right? We, we do have standards for what's modest or immodest, but our standards are not the same as what previous generation standards were. Stay with me here. There are things, there are teachings in the Bible that are not intended to have been cultural for them and not remain unto our time. Many people argue this nowadays. Oh, why can't women be preachers? They were chauvinists back then, and Paul was just writing what the normal opinion was, and he was saying, I don't let women teach. And that's not intended to be passed down to all generations of Christians. But I would argue, and women, you know I love you, and I admire your faith and your intellect. But Paul's argument is not cultural. He says, Eve was deceived. That's why I don't permit a woman to teach. That is not a cultural reason. It is from the beginning. Other things, such as the forbidden nature of homosexual relations, it is an abomination to God, the scripture says. In Romans chapter 1, we are taught that it is a result of man being extremely fallen, worshiping idols, not giving thanks to God, and their hearts becoming completely overthrown, and so overthrown that men actually trade normal relations that God created them to have in the beginning for unnatural relations. The Bible speaks against it very strongly. What does modern day say? Well, yeah, but that was back then. It just wasn't accepted back then. Now we know it doesn't matter. As long as you love them, it's okay. Do we accept that answer? No. We tell them that reasoning is faulty. It's not a cultural argument that Paul makes. He says it's a corrupt heart that causes these things how can we how can we readily admit okay well i guess if everyone says it's okay then it must be okay when god says he strictly forbids it you understand where i'm going right okay what about the disciplining of children what about the training up of children Are the Bible's commands cultural? Was it for them and not for us? When the Bible says, by the blueness of a wound, we are healed. What does that mean? You mean there might be a bruise associated with the correction? Surely that shouldn't continue into our day. I mean, it is certain that children will not always honor their parents as you did not always honor your parents. They won't always obey in everything. And when they don't, listen to me, especially you young parents, and if you're not in here, if you're in the nursery, please pay attention. When your children don't obey, it is the job of the parents to train that child it is the job of the parents to correct them, and if necessary, spank the wayward child. Now, I will say, in my older age, I have softened on my approach. When Jennifer and I were young parents, and the, we would tell Catherine, "Don't touch that," and she would go, "We like you. You have no choice. We have to spank you." And I think in some of those cases, many of them, we were correct in doing so. But later, over time, we realized it doesn't have to be a spanking, but the behavior has to be changed. If I can talk to you and you'll change your behavior, great. But if you won't, and later we would tell our kids that, if you're not going to listen to my word, I'm going to have to do something else. Because not obeying is not an option. Do you understand parents? To let your child go wayward is not an option. This is a commandment from God. It is part of the Christian faith. It is a fundamental part of the Christian faith. Parents, train up your children in the way they should go. There's many uh, encouragements in the scriptures. Talk about the things of God when you're at dinner, when you get up, when you sit down, when you go for a walk, when you go for a hike, when you're discussing it. Talk about the things of God. Train your children in the way they should go. Listen to what the Bible says. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 15. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. What is the Word of God teaching? What is it teaching? Foolishness is in the heart of a child, but guess what? Discipline can correct that. That's what the Bible is teaching. Some people say, I would never spank my child. I love my child. Do you? Proverbs 13, whoever spares the rod hates his son. But he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. they say, I would never spank. I love my child. Okay, what if the child punched you in the face? You would do nothing? You try to talk to him? One time many years ago, Jennifer and I were visiting with an older pastor. He was probably 60 at the time, 65. And we were trying to Get a handle on being parents. You know, how do you? Jen was asking him. She was hoping for some sage, <laughs> old old man advice, and she said, "How do you handle when this?" She presents this situation to him. And he said, "I have no idea." <laughs> <laughs> he said, "I'd probably box their ears, and my wife would try to talk to him." <laughs> I was like, "That is exactly what happens." we don't always know how we're supposed to correct them right but the commandment is there you must you cannot let your child do whatever he or she wants what will happen is you will be doing a disservice to them if you let your child do whatever the bible says if you spare the rod i don't think it this necessarily means beatings though it is included but the idea of correction, you remember Brother Hal, he, he had very good teaching on this. Whatever you have to do to change the behavior of the child, if you can talk to them, fine. If you can take away their, their video game time or whatever, fine. But you must change the behavior. It is your God-given commandment to train up your children. And he said, how, you remember this? This is in my ears like it just happened. How young is too young? He said, I don't know, but I think probably more than one is time to start. You think about that. One year old, you're already correcting? Yes. And guess what? One year olds don't need very, very much to get their attention. We would thump our kids sometimes. Don't touch that. You pull back. (laughs) They learn something called association. Disobedience is followed by a sting. Oh. And and some children are stubborn. Firm-minded. But there are things you can do. And listen, have you seen kids and you know that their parents don't correct them? And they're a complete mess. And you can tell the kids don't go to bed at bright times in the day and they fuss and whine and they're not eating good food. I'm not judging. I'm just saying we can see the difference between children that are disciplined and trained by their parents. I I don't mean that they're drill sergeants over them every day. I'm just saying they, they love them. They're training them. Versus other parents, and some of them, God bless them, they just don't know what to do. They have no idea. And we don't exactly either, but we learn from each other. We watched the things that y'all did with your children, and we did those things with our children. And it worked. It worked. Proverbs 23, Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod... He will not die. Do you understand the point? It's like, I'm not going to spank my kid. He whines and cries and throws a fuss. And it's like he's going to die. And the writer says, he's not going to die. He, if you need to correct him, go ahead. He's not <coughs> going to die. If you strike him with the rod, the next verse, you will save his soul from shield there's things that consequences from parents listen parents who continuously dishonor their father or mother doesn't this text say cursed be those children well it follows that parents who train up their children they're trying to keep the curse away from their child proverbs 29 15 the rod and reproof give wisdom but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. They're wild and unruly, and they say, who's your mom? And the mother is embarrassed. So if you're one of those people who say, I love my children, I would never spank them. Listen, this is a direct contradiction to God's word. This, his commandment to discipline your child and, and sometimes with physical force. This is not cultural. It remains unto today. Amen? It remains. The text says the reason why we need to do it is because there's a lot of foolishness in that heart. But if we correct them, we can drive it out. Now notice, I did not say beat it out, though sometimes correction does require that. And let me tell you this too, young parents, people have a motivation for correcting and disciplining their children that's messed up. They just take whatever the kids are doing and whatever they're dishing out until they get mad and irritated and then they beat the kid because they're mad and irritated. That is not what I'm teaching you. That is not what the Word of God is teaching. This is not coming from anger. We discussed this recently. Man's anger does not bring about the righteousness that God desires. What parents have is a holy calling from God to train up their children to ensure that they obey us. The first time, do you remember, did y'all tell us, we would tell our kids, to delay is to disobey. Don't make me say it two, three, four times. I've already said it, you heard it. And some of our kids had an, um, an advanced ability to not hear us. I didn't hear you. You better tune your ears to hear me. And after a couple of spankings, after they said they didn't hear us, they started hearing better. Funny how that happens. Association, again. But listen, when children are disobedient in any areas, they've not sinned against you primarily. There may be a sin that they've committed against you if they dishonor you, like, you know, to your face, say nasty things to you, I hate you, something like that. They can sin against you, sure, but primarily they've not sinned against you. They've broken God's commandments. Children should obey their parents. And God has made it our responsibility to teach them his commandments. And when we spank them, our, our desire is not to alleviate our own anger and to take revenge on the child. That is sin. And by the way, I have spanked my kids before in anger, and I repented to them and, and asked them to forgive me. that I was wrong. They did need a spanking, but I spanked them in anger, not from a desire to correct them. God have mercy on me. Has that that happened to you? But primarily the reason why we correct children, our children, is because they disobeyed God's commands. They have dishonored God. He commanded them to obey their parents. And they say, I'm not going to obey. Okay, well, you're dishonoring God. And it's parents' job to correct them. In in a way, we re- represent God to them. They don't they don't have the ability to understand these high things about God as little kids. But when they disobey us, listen, parents. They dishonor God. And if you just let them dishonor you and let them dishonor God, then they get into a habit of dishonoring God, and it doesn't matter. I like Brother Edward. He said, I taught my kids they should be in church, and I don't know if they'll be in church when they're out of my house, but if they're not, I hope they feel guilty for it. (laughs) We can't make our kids be righteous, but we can train them that it's evil. And when it happens it will ring in their ears the messages that we've taught them through the years I mean isn't this what Hebrews teaches us that correction is part of being a child that if you are a child of God you will you should expect correction in fact If you're receiving correction from God, it's a proof that you're his child. If you're not being corrected, then you're not his child because he doesn't let his children just go wild. He corrects them. He trains them. He encourages them. He teaches them. He's their God. They're his kids. You mean you're saying God is a bad father? He doesn't correct his children? Nonsense. He's the best father that's ever been. And he corrects all his children. Let's look at that. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. We'll start in verse 3. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortations that addresses you as son? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. Besides this, we've had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceable peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Amen. The writer says if you're being disciplined by God, it's a good thing because He disciplines everyone he loves. And he talks about, he's like, you remember how your dad disciplined you? And you respected him for it. It didn't seem pleasant at the time. No, definitely not. But it worked. It brought about good things. And he says, well, that's what God is doing in you. He's disciplining you. It's going to bring about good things. It doesn't seem pleasant. No, it doesn't. No one wants to be corrected. I mean, we, if I asked you, do you want to be corrected when you're wrong? You'll say, yes, if I was wrong, I would want to know and be corrected. But then when somebody actually corrects, it's not pleasant. We don't want it. We would rather we didn't need to be corrected. That's the problem. The pride of man. Well, so practically, what are your expectations for your children? Low expectations of obedience or high expectations of obedience? And the, the scripture doesn't teach us that we should make our children say, yes, sir, no, ma'am. But I do think it helps them to respect And I do think it encourages compliance. We'll say, will you take the trash out? No answer. I'll say, would you answer, please? Yes, sir. Great. If they say, yeah, it doesn't feel quite the same. But the question is, what's your expectation? Are children little sinners? They are. You passed it on to them. It's your fault. And it's their fault too, right? Because as soon as they're able to choose, they will choose to sin. They're born with it, with a sin nature, and as soon as possible, they become actual sinners themselves too, or active sinners themselves. But I don't think that we should accept disobedience. Say, oh, it's normal. I mean, they don't have the Spirit of God. How could they possibly obey? That is not the commandment of God. The commandment of God is to discipline your children. Train them in the way they should go. Jennifer talked about this to me before. She said, we often will criticize children when they're doing the wrong thing, but they're not often enough taught what the right thing is to do. They're not encouraged to do the right thing. We're just like, what are you doing? What is wrong with you? When they do something that's just, you know, dip a girl's hair in ink. <laughs> what is wrong? Right? But do they, have they been taught that they should love each other, not do things on purpose to annoy each other? So, for example, parents, you need an example. Listen, this is just, this is not the word of God, but the mom says, today we're going to have milk with lunch. The child has his or her mind set on having juice for lunch. Child whines, I don't want milk. The mom can easily say, I know you want juice, but we're going to have milk. Mom gets to decide. And the child whines more, say, if you continue whining, I'm going to spank you. Or you're going to be on timeout, or whatever. I get to decide. And listen, there's some growing pains on this type of training. But listen, go through them, because before long, life is just easy. In comparison to what it would be. You know what people would say, I'm surprised your kids eat everything we say, well, they eat whatever we eat. if they don't, then they don't eat. And it only takes like one day of not eating, and all food starts <laughs> to look really good. And when they start eating it, guess what? They decide that, oh, these aren't so bad. I didn't like the way it looked. One time Isaac refused to eat a piece of apple pie as a toddler because he he hadn't had it before, and it just looked gross to him. He would not taste it finally he tasted it his eyes <laughs> <laughs> gobbled it up after that these are these are practical things I, I realize this but your children don't have to run the house you are the runners of the house I'm not talking about a military state but it's very easy to tell children, no, this is what we're having. I don't want it. Well, you don't have to eat it, but you're not getting anything else. It, it, just, it just sets the expectations early that an environment of noncompliance is not allowable. You must obey your parents in everything. It is the commandment of God. If They continue to whine and throw a fit. Tell them you love them. You will not let them dishonor their father and mother because God will curse all the children who dishonor their father and mother. And you're going to use the rod to remove that folly from their hearts. And will they enjoy it? No, they will not. And will you enjoy it? No, you will not. I sometimes haven't spanked when they when my kids needed it because I didn't enjoy it. It's traumatic. it's it's emotional. But parents are called to do it. It is the faithful thing for a Christian to do to diligently Train your children. Woe to you, parents, if you don't. And don't be surprised when your kids grow up and they are wild and dishonor their father and mother and bring shame to the parents. Is God able to save apart from that? He is. But it doesn't mean that we should be the frozen chosen. God's going to do it. I'll just let them kids do whatever they want. Kids will be kids. Don't do that. And then after the mom corrects the child for whining about the juice, then they can go back to enjoying their milk. Sometimes they need, you know this too, parents, children just wake up in a spirit of non-compliance. And you know it, From the beginning, they need a spanking, but they haven't really done anything that (laughs) requires a spanking, even though I know they're going to need one soon. And as soon as that happens, then the child goes back to being a normal child, compliant child. It it is a sad situation. But listen, in all these things, like why why does God give us this task? I mean, don't you learn something about your relationship with God as you correct your child? And as your child tests your patience, do you learn something about the great patience of God? That he's our father, we're our child, he's told us again and again and again, we say, yeah, I know. And we still don't do it. I mean... This is a message for parents, but like I said, you were all kids too. God is blessing you with discipline. Don't kick against the goads. Receive it. Be thankful for it. And teach your children too. Don't let them go wild. This is not the Christian way. And I pray God to bless you as you train and follow him. Let's have a word of prayer. Oh Lord, we know that we have have a good father, a good shepherd who loves us even to give his life to save us, a father who loves us and spared not his only son, and a father who desires for us to thrive who will correct us and train us in righteousness. Lord, we pray that you'd help us as we work with our children, that you've blessed us with. Help us, Lord. We know that there are many complex situations and hard hard situations, but we ask that you'd help us that we would obey the commandment, that we would train up our children in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. Father, we pray for that blessing upon the children of this church, the grandchildren, for many generations, Lord, as we look to your word to instruct us. Bless us now as we have lunch together and spend the rest of our time together. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.